that middle interview. New Jersey is the state where Mr. Steve Brown hails from, and Mr. Steve Brown is a great, extraordinary talent in the rock metal industry. For those of you and those of us that know who Mr. Steve Brown is, he is the guitarist for Trickster, the guitarist for Danger Danger, the legendary Def Leppard, and of course, Eric Martin Band. And nowadays, since a couple years back, with Tokyo Motor Fist. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about, and we are talking about, Mr. Steve Brown. The tremendous, charismatic, and rock and rolling Steve Brown, hailing straight out of the state of New Jersey, spent some time talking to us here at That Metal Interview Podcast with myself, James. And I would like to remind you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And check out our radio station online at jrocksmetalzone.com. And check out all the rock, the old rock and the new rock, the old metal and new metal. And as far as our metal podcasts, uh, it's called That Metal Interview Podcast with James, myself. You can check it out, download it, stream it on iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn, and so on and so forth. So, Mr. Brown gives us an insight and an update on Trickster for all you Trickster fans out there. So, I cannot reveal right now what if it's positive, negative, or whatever. You will have to listen for yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I will stop talking. And here is our interview with the great Steve Brown. Enjoy. Tokyo Motor Fist, a uh, new single, Around Midnight Frontiers. Great jam. Uh, talk to us about that. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, that's uh, the second single off the upcoming Lions record from Tokyo Motor Fist. And uh, Around Midnight is a fun, fun song. It's about escaping, uh, escaping your boring life, I guess, you know, and going on a crazy rock and roll adventure. And uh, definitely a song that's inspired by one of my favorite bands, Cheap Trick. Uh, it's kind of got a Cheap Trick Def Leppard vibe to it, which I love. And, um, you know, no real, uh, you know, we're not trying to change the world with the subject matter but it's definitely a song about escapism and uh and, and optimism and hope and fun most of all and that's what the song is about and uh i just love it i think ted the whole band sounds phenomenal on it bruno Ravello helped me mix the record did a tremendous job mixing the song so i mean it's definitely right up there it's a true representation of what tokyo motor fist is musically well, you guys did a great job. Um, how about the, the, the album title, Lions? Why Lions? Where'd that come from? Lions came, you know, I'm a huge animal lover, uh, all, all things. Great white sharks, lions, um, 
dinosaurs. I've always been fascinated with those uh, those animals. So lions, to me, it's the king of the you know kings of the jungle. Uh, something one of the most beautiful animals. I love cats. I'm a cat person. But yeah. the title came about. You know, um, it's the title of the record. It's also the title song of the record. And it's it's a bigger it's a bigger meaning than just an animal. What it means is I think it brings on the human element that in these crazy messed up times that we're in right now we need people to be more like lions and not like sheep yeah. and that's the message of the record you know it's kind of the way always the way i live my life i certainly tell people you know i'm a lion in the way i live my life the way i take care of my family i'm the king of my world anybody that knows me you know i'm a born leader and that's always the way when i read you know when i started trickster i was the leader and the you know creative force and the business force behind trickster and um you know my joke to everybody is though i'm a part-time deaf leopard i'm always a full-time lion in the way i live my life so that's uh that's it and you know the song lions is a a very very important song for me because to me it's my boat i like i like to tell people it's my bohemian rhapsody i had never been this um sort of advantageous and this sort of um bold in my songwriting you know to have a song that was so big and again it's got strings live string real strings on it violin it's got huge vocals it's got the song has probably 15 chords in it which is a first for me i don't think i ever wrote a song with that many chord changes in it and it was very much influenced by my time of course playing with def leppard over the last seven eight years and then most importantly playing the last five years filling in guitar with the great dennis de young the former singer of singer of sticks he's become a huge influence on me and uh playing the best of times with sticks every night over the last couple years um when i would play with him i always said to myself man i gotta write a song kind of like this and um you know it was very much directly influenced by playing with dennis de young and def leppard and what's also cool about the record in general is on lions i play more keyboards on this record on this cd than i have on any other release that i've ever done in my life so it's very much got a um you know the eddie van halen 1984 5150 ou812 guitar player playing a lot of keyboards and it was very experimental for me and i just loved it but on lions again the meaning of the song it couldn't be more true and more what i think the world needs right now because we all need to step up a little bit and be leaders whether it's in our own family or be able to try you know that we could all change the world for the better and I think the ultimate message on the record is positivity and and you know whether it's the song young blood which has a message that i wrote for my daughters and for my nephews and for the youth of the world that they have the power they have the world in the palm of their hands and it's up to them to make every moment in their lives count um, I know you've talked to us, or you've talked about this before, um, on how Tokyo Motor Fist came together in Frontiers. Uh, for the people that don't know, uh, can you talk about that, how that came about? 
Yeah, man. Uh, Tokyo Motor Fest came about. Well, first and foremost, it came about through my good friend Serafino and the and the guys at Frontiers Records. You know, they're known for putting these so-called supergroups together. Yes. And I think it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction for Frontiers after my good friend Bruno Ravel started the the, uh, the Defiance with Paul Lane and Rob Marcello, which was kind of an offshoot of Danger Danger. It made absolute sense, and they also know the history with Ted and I. Ted, Ted Poli and I grew up a couple towns apart from each other in northern New Jersey. Ted was from Ramsey, New Jersey. I'm from Paramus, New Jersey, which is, you know, a couple towns away. So I've known Ted. Ted's, a, you know, a, probably eight years older than I am, but I've known Ted since I was a little kid when he was, before he was in Danger Danger, he was the drummer in this great New Jersey band called Prophet. And I was a huge fan of Prophet. They had a singer who was a dear friend of mine, Dean Fasano was the singer in Prophet who went on that I co-wrote a bunch of Trickster hits with and uh, Dean you know has since passed but Ted and I have known each other I've known Ted probably since I was 13 years old so I remember when Ted got the gig with Danger Danger and he played me the original Danger Danger demos I said man you guys are going to be huge this stuff is awesome and uh, so fast forward to 2015 2016 it was a logical thing that we finally play together and and, um, you know, when they asked us, well, who else would you get in the band? It was very easy to get Chuck Berge and Greg Smith because I had been doing some cover band stuff with those guys. Chuck and I were doing a Van Halen tribute band. Chuck lives in the next town over from me in West Milford, New Jersey here. And um, so it was just, it all kind of fell together very organically. And it's been a tremendous fit because we all have the same East Coast crazy sense of humor. We have a great work ethic together and the music speaks for itself that you know I, I write these songs and produce these songs but whatever I give Chuck, Ted or Greg they all take it take whatever parts I give them and they take my music to the next level and that's what it's about and the other cool thing is that we're, we're one of these super groups on Frontiers that actually plays gigs we're not some fake studio band that never even met each other yep. we actually work together we rehearsed together we just did in February we had two fantastic shows on the Monsters of Rock cruise uh, and that goes to show you that it really is a genuine real rock and roll band and I love being in Tokyo Motor Fest absolutely man you guys are great great stuff um, now let's go back in time um, let's say to when you were eight years old uh, I've seen an interview where you talk about going on stage with Ray Gillen rest in peace uh, is, you think that was the beginning of your musical career? Well, I wouldn't say it was the beginning because I had already been playing guitar for about four or five years at that point. But that was, yeah, that was my first time ever on stage performing with a band. And what the story was, was Ray was, you know, when I was a little kid, Ray was in this cover band called Harlot, which was a New Jersey cover band. They used to do a ton of Van Halen, Black Sabbath, Dio, um, all the great music of the time. And um, the guitar player in the band, Ross Barata, was my guitar teacher at the time. So... Um, I was invited to go see them by the parents of the drummer. The drummer of the band was George Pagonis, and his parents invited me and my friend 
Mike Payne to go see the show in February of 1984. And I had no idea they were going to bring me up on stage, but uh, they brought me up on stage and that was it. But I will tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, wasn't the time that I knew that I was going to start, that music was going to be my calling, but I certainly got that buzz and that adrenaline rush where I said, I want to do this more. And shortly, probably two weeks after I did that, um, performance playing You Really Got Me with Ray Gillen and Harlot. Uh, two weeks later, um, uh, an early version of Trickster did their first show at my middle school, at Eastbrook Middle School in Paramus, New Jersey, where my father was the principal. So it was right after that that sort of Trickster madness started. You know, we before we were Trickster, I had the band name was called Raid, R-A-D-E. But shortly after, we only did one gig as Raid, and then Mark uh, Scott joined the band in February, and then in July of 1984 is when we did the first official trickster show in Paramus, New Jersey at the Paramus Bandshell. But the Ray Gillen, you know, that that moment being up on stage in a rock club with the, you know, 120 decibels of music behind me, it was uh, it was life changing for me. Wow. What an experience. Um, now that we're on the trickster subject, um, I'm a big fan, of course. I love one in a million. You know, um, can you give us fans uh, an update on Trickster? Um, there really is no update. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'll be honest and say that, you know, one half the band, we're, we're a fragmented band at the moment. Um, some, some internal business stuff went on, um, which I don't really want to talk about now. But yeah, the band, we're kind of shut down. We're really not working. Pete's got a day job and he's taking care of his kids. Um, so <clears throat> there's really... There's really no, um, you know, no band live stuff in the works, sadly. You know, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary of the first album right now. I'm in the process of working with a record company and also with Universal Music in getting the rights and the master tapes back from the first Trickster record to be able to do a proper, properly licensed 30th anniversary remix and remastered deluxe edition vinyl of the first record. So that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes trickster stuff that I'm doing as far as transferring old demos and getting getting the material ready for an unbelievable deluxe edition if if the powers that be allow us to do that. But um, regarding Pete and Gus, uh, there there's nothing really going on there, you know. And, and really the beef between the band is with is with Mark Scott, you know. He's kind of on the shit list right now, and I don't. Don't know if that's ever going to get repaired so you know let's just enjoy the fact that pj and i are out there making great music i'm finishing up mixing pj's new solo cd right now i have the new tokyo motor fist record coming out pj and i play with eric martin from mr big we do this mr big trickster type show with eric which i sing the trickster songs and fans are loving it so you know there's always a lot going on but i don't foresee the original trickster band playing playing anytime soon awesome thanks for the update um uh, you mentioned uh, you're a Def Leppard part-timer um how did that come about uh, for people that don't know how did you hook up with the Def Leppard people 
Well, the, the Def Leppard story goes back 30 plus years ago, back in 1987, the first time I met those guys, when I became friends with Phil Collin, Joe Elliott, Sab Savage, and Rick Allen, when I met those guys as a little kid, their first manager, um, Peter Mensch, who manages Metallica and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, he was the guy who helped Trickster out back in the day, so his first order of business was to interest, introduce us and myself to the Def Leppard guys and Phil and I hit a friend hit it off immediately being guitar players and we have a you know a friendship that has lasted 32 something years and um Phil has always been like a big brother to me and he's always been a huge supporter of anything I do musically. He's a big fan of what I do. The post-Trickster stuff that I did with Throwing Rocks, 40 Foot Ringo, Stereo Fallout. Him and Joe were huge 40 Foot Ringo fans, which was a band that PJ and I had in the late night in the late 90s, early 2000s that came close to a couple record deals. But um that's how that happened and when Vivian got diagnosed with cancer you know Phil was like hey we, I got the guy Steve's the guy he's got a great voice and that's the biggest reason why I got the Def Leppard gig was because I could sing all of those parts I could sing all those high mutlang parts and cover all the stuff that Vivian does and I could also cover Phil's parts because I filled in for Phil Collin in 2018 and um, and I could pretty much fill in for all the guys if I need if need be you know i know the material so well inside and out like joe always tells me oh steve you know all the mutt bits you know because i could sing all those parts that they don't really do live but i know those things and you know just an honor to play with them and those guys are like family to me so really you know that's the most important thing when you're coming into a band as an outsider they want somebody that they know already they know they can trust i'm not some crazy party animal you know, that's going to be walking in with strippers on my arm, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was a very easy fit, and um, it was a seamless transition, whether I was filling in for Vivian or filling in for Phil. It didn't really look and sound like a fill-in, that's for sure. I saw that. When I saw that, I was like, wow. I mean, this guy just fits in. I mean, Steve Brown fits in perfectly. I mean, I saw you fill in for Phil and for Vivian at different times, and that was just perfect, man. I mean, it's seamless, as you said it, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, again, and that also comes from 30 plus years of seeing them. I go, I go to see them all the time when they're, when they're on the East Coast. And I know the show inside and out. And I know, you know, with, with them, it's very much different playing with Def Leppard than it is being in Trickster. I'm not doing my Eddie Van Halen scissor kicks with Def Leppard. You know, you have to know what kind of gig you're getting into and perform accordingly. And that's what I do. You know, Def Leppard is much more of a you know guitar down low slow moving you know and that that's kind of the groove throwing the cool rock star poses and whatnot um very different to what i do with trickster and the same goes when i play with dennis de young you know you have to you have to learn to perform accordingly to whatever gig you're in and uh that's something that i've learned to do very very well and i love to do it Here's a different question. Uh, what's your best gig and what's your worst gig? Oh, my best gig. Jeez. I mean, there are too many best gigs for me. I mean, I will say, you know, the first time that Trickster played the Meadowlands Arena in New Jersey, our hometown arena, uh, 
on the Scorpions tour the night we got our gold records. That is certainly one night that is near and dear to my heart. Um, but there are so many. I mean, I got to, you know, look, my first time playing with Def Leppard in front of 90,000 people at the iconic Wembley Stadium in the UK. Wow. Um, that was pretty unbelievable. Not only was that my first time playing with Def Leppard, that was my first time ever in England. So that's extra special to me. Um, there are just so many. I mean, um, my worst gig. Jeez. Right. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah. I think my honestly, my worst gig is I, I gotta say, and this happened to me probably five years ago, was after after doing a couple Def Leppard shows, playing in front of twenty thousand people a night in sold out arenas or amphitheaters, I had to come home and play a Tuesday night acoustic gig in front of ten people. And that was kind of one of those moments where I looked at myself in the mirror and said, Man, you gotta stop doing these cover gigs and and it kind of it really soured me on it and um it just was one of those ones where it was kind of depressing you know where you just come off playing in front of twenty thousand people with Def Leppard and then I come home and play some restaurant in front of 10 people and I said man there's got to be a better way for me to make money than doing this wow what a what a change and wow yeah, but you know that's you know what man that's a lot of guys realities you know and and for my myself PJ you know we still do cover gigs once in a while and we do what we have to do to feed our family you know when you're not a full partner of a band like Def Leppard or being Dennis D Young's band you got to make money as a professional musician so for me you know whether it's giving guitar lessons whether it's producing mixing p other people's records you know doing music for film and TV. That's what I do, and I love to do it. But you know, playing the Tuesday night solo acoustic gigs at a restaurant in front of ten people—I don't do that anymore. That's for sure. Is there a message you want to send your fans, the Steve Brown fans, the Trickster Tokyo Motorfist fans? Of course, I do. Yeah, my message to the fans is thank you for the over 30 years of love and support. I'm on my 30th year right now as being a national act, 30 years since the first Trickster album came out. And uh, luckily, I've been able to live my life as a rock and roll musician. And it's all because of my fans out there, my friends all around the world, all you listeners. Keep on supporting all the bands. Buy the records. Buy the download the music. Buy the t-shirts buy the you know support buy tickets and that's that's how we can keep doing this so thanks to guys like you jimmy and everybody out there for all of the support for keeping rock and roll alive and well i know some people like to say that rock and roll is dead but we all know that's a bunch of bullshit rock and roll is alive and well and thank you from the bottom of my heart for always supporting everything that steve brown does i love you i love you and i'll see you soon and everybody stay healthy stay smart stay safe and be a lion be a champion be a winner go out and make things happen in life god bless you thank you steve thank you for spending time with us uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the road maybe one day and uh we're gonna check out lions soon all right man well we miss you guys and hopefully we'll be out in texas soon was that a great interview and a great conversation or what we appreciate Mr. Steve Brown's time from his busy, busy schedule and his rock and roll life 
and in his life of rocking out his fans. On behalf of all your fans, Steve, thank you. Thank you for talking to us on what you have to offer us fans. Thank you. And keep rocking, of course. And for all the Tokyo Motor Fist fans, check it out, download it, stream it. Tokyo Motor Fist Trickster. Danger, danger, Ted Police, Steve Brown, and the rest of the guys, Eric Martin Mann, and so forth and so on. And of course, the great, legendary Def Leppard. You can find Mr. Steve Brown live on several YouTube videos with the great Def Leppard. We thank Steve. We thank you guys, all the listeners, for that metal interview podcast. Thank you for spending time with us out of all these thousands and thousands of podcasts in the whole world. And don't forget to keep it metal. That metal interview.